As we begin with prayer, I invite you, if you feel comfortable, just to take your hands and to place them on your eyes as we pray. Dear God, in whom we live and move and have our being, we pray today that you would open our eyes, that you would give us fresh vision to see you present everywhere and in everyone, and especially in one another here this morning. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. There's a quote that I love, and it says, Heaven is a brand new pair of glasses. Heaven is a new pair of glasses. Salvation is the ability to see the extraordinary, to see God present and active in the ordinary circumstances of our lives. A decade ago, my family was up in Wisconsin, in Madison, Wisconsin, and we went to worship one morning at a nearby church, and we gathered around their communion table as was their practice in a very large circle with several, we were several rows deep. And as, uh, the thing that you have to know is that that morning there were many, many more newcomers than usual. Many more visitors. And as the bread was being distributed, you could see that a disaster was about to happen. And indeed it did. They ran out of bread. And a number of us were standing there with our hands empty. And it was at that moment that a miracle suddenly happened. Without a word from the pastor, everybody who had already received bread suddenly and spontaneously turned around and began breaking the bread that they had received and sharing it with their neighbor. That morning, because nobody ate until everybody had received, this miracle was able to take place. And that day with those complete strangers, I didn't know one person in that congregation. I had a profound sense of our being the living and breathing body of Christ together. Christ came alive in the communion that happened between us. Christ came alive in the communion that we shared with one another. And so this morning, I would like to explore with you how God wants us to develop this ability to see in this deeper kind of way. As it says so beautifully in Ephesians 1.14, to be able to see with the eyes of our hearts. In our first reading this morning, we find ourselves on Mount Sinai with Moses after God has just liberated the Israelites 
from their cruel house of slavery in Egypt. And in this story, I don't know if you noticed, we have this strange pattern of Moses veiling and unveiling and reveiling himself. It all begins when Moses goes up Mount Sinai. And a radiant cloud overshadows the mountain and Moses sees the glory of God. And I love the Hebrew word for glory. It's Shekhinah. You want to say that with me? Shekhinah. It's the luminous, numinous radiance of God. But the interesting thing is that when Moses then comes down the mountain and back to his people, he veils himself. You see, his people cannot bear the splendor of God's light shining in his face. They're too blinded by the light. And then did you notice what happens whenever Moses goes back up the mountain to commune with God again? Verse 34, he takes off his veil. God desires face-to-face communion with Moses and with us. God desires really to see us and to be seen. God desires intimacy into me see, into you see. And then in our second reading, we're up on another mountain. We're having a bunch of mountaintop experiences here. We're with Jesus up in Galilee. And what you have to know is that Jesus, just before this experience on the mountain, has just shared with His disciples that He is about to be killed. And that God, three days later, will raise Him from the dead. And then He calls Peter to take up His own cross and to make this pattern of dying and rising, dying and rising, the pattern, the transformational pattern of His own life as well. Jesus wants us to die to all that is false and untrue and unjust in ourselves and in this world and wants us to be raised by God so that we can really be who we are in Christ. And after this conversation... Jesus apparently senses that maybe not all the disciples are ready for what's next, but at least three of them are. Peter, James, and John. They are ready now for a fuller encounter with God. And so Jesus takes them up the mountain 
so that the silence and solitude with God can begin to do their transformational work. You see, dear friends, this is one of the seven times in Luke that we find Jesus leaving the crowds, turning off His cell phone, and going off to a quiet place to pray. And let us not neglect to do the same ourselves. And it's while He is praying today, notice that, it's while He's praying that His face suddenly becomes radiant, and His clothes turn dazzling white. And His three disciples suddenly see Jesus speaking with Moses and Elijah, the Law and the Prophets. And then a cloud sweeps over the mountain, and a voice says, this is My Son, My Chosen One, the Beloved. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Peter and James and John are on the front end of discovering that to look into the face of Jesus is to look into the unveiled face of God. When we look into the eyes of Jesus and see His grace, see His justice, see His concern for the vulnerable, we are looking right into the unveiled face of God. And notice how through prayer, God develops in us the spiritual faculties to be able to see in this deeper, deeper way. Prayer opens the eyes of our heart. Prayer allows us to stop sleepwalking through life and to become fully awake. Did you see that in that in our story that they're finally awake in verse 32 to be able to see what's really real beyond the usual limitations of space and time. And friends, at our communion table here today, our Lord is inviting us to this kind of deeper seeing with the eyes of our heart. We are being invited, as it says in 1 Corinthians 11, to discern the body, to see one another for who we really are together, the living and breathing body of Christ. Did you know that the early Anabaptists, Conrad Grable, Pilgrim Marpeck, Balthazar Hubmeyer, 
all believed that a miraculous transformation, transubstantiation, it's hard to say, really does happen in the Lord's Supper. But for them, the crucial transformation happens not in the bread and the wine, but in the people. In us. As we share the bread and the cup, we are transformed into the living body of Christ. Christ comes alive in the communion between us. And in our Lord's great love for us, He loves us so much. He's provided us this meal to share. And He wants us not only to share it when we have everything together, but especially when we don't. Jesus wants for His grace and forgiveness to come and to fill the gaps between us. To soften our hearts to one another. And to connect us together in our weakness and in our vulnerability. Amen.